Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder and senior editor of FivePointMove.com. In world champ Dennis Hall's place for this episode will be a special guest host, the Minnesota Storm's Joe Rao, Joseph with an F Rao, two-time trials winner, 2017 World Team Trials runner-up. We're going to talk to Joe while he's out in Colorado Springs for upper weight camp about his recovery from knee surgery, the progress he's making, how he's feeling, what he's learned. And after we get done catching up with Joe, we're going to bring in our guest, the first guest, will be the U.S. Marine Corps' John Stefanowitz, one of the most intense, hardest-working Greco-Roman wrestlers in the United States. He's in Boise, Idaho this week in camp, and then at the end of the camp on Saturday, he's going to participate in the special USA versus Serbia dual meet, which can be viewed live on Flow Wrestling at 3 o'clock p.m. That should be mountain time. After Stefanowicz, we're going to bring in guest number two, one of the most dynamic, electrifying, and popular athletes we have going in USA Greco, none other than two-time trials winner, Ravon Perkins. Joe and Ravon have a history. They have been on teams together. They know each other well. So we're going to kind of hand it over to them and let them have at it, so to speak. But in the meantime, let's crack this open. Joe Rao, how are we doing tonight? I understand you're in Colorado Springs for Upperweight Camp. Is that not correct? That's correct, man. It's going great. It's going great. I'm working with Momir and Muhammad and uh, Heike Nabi and uh, having a great camp, man. Well, how was the knee as far as getting to move around a little more, uh, building confidence, uh, that whole mental game? Yeah, it's getting good, man. And, you know, after two knee surgeries, it's a lot. Yeah, it's very much a mental game, you know. So I'm just uh, trying not to be stupid, not trying to come back and do too much too early. And uh, I'm feeling great on the mat, though, man. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in, probably. So, uh, you know, wrestling wrestling feels great. And I just got to let that knee catch up, you know. Well, compare. How about this, then? Compare this rehab to your last rehab what's the difference is this i mean it sounds like this one's better than last year i mean i don't know is it uh it was almost double the time and uh yeah so it's been going a lot better and just kind of these meniscus repairs are kind of unique to each person and they're up for evaluation so it's not always just following a timeline and there's definitely some bumps in the road and stuff coming in in this one too but uh Last time I think I just came back too early, and part of that was like when trials was, you know, and uh, they made nationals and trials pretty early coming off an Olympic year, and I I wasn't very happy about that. So, I mean, it's like, what am I going to do? Not wrestle in trials and not get paid for a whole year? That's not going to help me with my recovery process, you know, so uh, having less money to pay for PT, you know, so... (laughs) I had a I had to come back early, man, and uh, it was risky, but it could have worked, and it just didn't. So this time around, we had a you know, Worlds isn't until what October. Right. We got kind of a lot more time, and I got the surgery in summer, you know, right after freestyle trials. So it was kind of placed better. So I had more time, and you know, there's nothing important, you know, that I have to get to. So yeah, pretty much time, and yeah. And just a whole lot more effort. I'm probably 
40 pounds lighter than the first knee surgery. And that definitely has a lot to say, you know, a lot to do with recovery, you know, so a lot of my habits and disciplines change too. So that's definitely helped. When you say up for evaluation, what does that mean? You said, you know, it's all, it's up for evaluation. Does that mean it's getting, you're going to get it checked out or is that just, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like if they tell you four months and, uh, you try to come back at four months and they, they're looking at your knee and checking at it and seeing how much muscle you got back through that leg. Um, it's not necessarily, Oh, we said four months. You know? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? I can't compete. And you just be an idiot and you go out there and rebust it. You know, it's like, Hey dude, I know we said probably four months, but it's looking, it's not where it needs to be. Your leg's not strong enough or, you know, you know, whatever. So it's up for evaluation. And sometimes, I got two knee surgeries in a row. Sometimes when that happens, it takes a lot longer, you know. And so these meniscus repairs kind of a little tricky. It's not just cutting the meniscus out. And that's another problem is a lot of coaches not knowing the surgery. They always think, oh, yeah, I had my meniscus done. Oh, I was back in a couple of weeks. And so like that. That's when they used just, to scrape them with butter knives for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So advocating for yourself and sticking, you know, standing up for yourself when coaches always have you know, always have the best, you know, your best trying interest. to help out best interest. But sometimes when they're not familiar with, you know, such a surgery and they think that you're just being a baby or milking it is like just rub dirt on. It. It's like, no, dude, I'm here because I've rubbed dirt on it for so long. Like I can't rub dirt on this anymore, man. I don't want to get another surgery. I want to be good to go, you know? So yeah, just kind of being smarter, being more disciplined, you know, you know, trying to be smarter man sometimes i'm feeling so great i start wrestling a lot and then you know do something stupid and then it you know kind of blows up a little bit and sets me back but you know putting some added stress into it like i'm doing right now more wrestling more lifting sometimes it gets inflamed but that's okay it looks like we got two more months and then i should be full go oh well you know what um that was going to be something i wanted to talk to you about is that I mean? Don't get me wrong. I think the fall, you know, the the dawn of the new season, there wasn't a ton going on. Not really. Everything, the schedule was all changed. Schultz, the November Schultz, you know, where you were coaching, in fact, and yeah. there wasn't a, there. You know, unlike the last couple of years, there wasn't an open in December. And then January was like the January strength training camp, and so on and so forth. But now that there are starting to be events there's starting to be activity um how does that play in your mind does it make you want to get back all that much more knowing that you know now things are starting to scramble around a little bit yeah yeah i really wanted to go to cuba or nyc and uh just talking to the people who know what they're you know who know when you say people you mean doctors yeah yeah physical therapists and trainers and doctors there's like hey man you know you're not ready yet. And that that kind of sucks because I really want to go to Cuba. I really want to get going. I've, I've been putting a lot of hard work in. I'm very, very disciplined, more than I've ever been. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, put all my work, you know, out there and show everybody what I've been doing, you know, and uh, show myself, you know, prove myself that I, you know, that I can accomplish what I set out to accomplish. And, yeah, it's 
you know, right now that's the trickiest thing is not going live, not going to a competition. And like, if you know me, you know, I love competing more than anything. So I'll go to, I would go to every tournament if I could, I'd go to every college open and, and Greco tournament all over the world and domestic and, and freestyle. And I, I wrestle any style, you know, as often as I can. I wish we, I wish Greco was more like a college season where you could wrestle multiple times a week. I really do. But uh, I like competing, man. So it's it's really hard. And I've been working really hard and doing some things I've never done before. So it's exciting. But I'm, I'm tired of waiting. But I got to wait a little bit more, you know. <laughs> wait or die. What about music? Yeah, you're real hardcore into music. What have you been listening to? I'm not, I'm not looking for an opportunity to break your balls. I'm really just asking. No, man. <laughs> I... uh. There's this guy, Anderson East, that's got this House is a Building song. I got that stuck in my head right now. But I got a lot of random, weird, weird range, man. All kinds of crap. Sometimes I listen to jazz and classical. And I I mean, I'm not like an aficionado. I don't know all the, the people. I just like listening to it. And uh, sometimes I'm listening to, you know, I gravitate towards a lot of country and uh, a lot of songwriters, a lot of folky stuff. But. I'm trying to uh, stay away from kind of country music. It just makes me feel sorry for myself, you know. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, man, I've been listening to some upbeat stuff, man. And uh, what about I do? I what do about get house? Into, what about house? Like house um, music? Not yeah, no, like not, <laughs> you know, like Ussolini likes house. Yeah, it's not really Ussolini would like house, man. <laughs> He'll deny it, but it's embedded in his dna as part of his culture whether he tries to ignore it or not yeah see i've never been like a clubby guy you know like go let's go to the club kind of thing like i don't know man like i find hip-hop and like rap that i really like you know sometimes but even that like i like to hear i'm just like lyrically inclined like i, I like to hear words you know i like words yeah but I like, dude some of these you know, awesome 80s freestyle music these 80s yeah. freestyle songs, like from before you were born, you know, mm -hmm. practically, you didn't, never got into any of this. Like, I can't even sing it because it'd be copyright infringement. I've got into stuff know. like that. I got, I get into everything, man. Don't get me wrong. That's why but I I'm asked. just saying, I gravitate. I gravitate. Man, I've been listening to this weird band called Let's Eat Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is yeah. that about? I don't know. It's these two British girls rapping. I like it. <laughs> Yikes! Their songs, yeah, their 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 songs like eat shiitake mushrooms and uh what like and I'm trying to remember the other one, but uh yeah I don't know I get into a lot of weird stuff man. Well, we talked about the value of sad songs, like a good sad yeah. song, like a solid <laughs> sad song, like the kind that like after you're yeah. done listening to it, it's like you're 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 sad. One. But you're happy you're sad. Like, it's a yeah. strange kind of dichotomy. It's but like, let I'm, me be sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to the dark place now. <laughs> Don't play happy stuff around me, man. This is my sad time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to brood and listen to this for God. like 25 minutes. I got, I got, you should hear my, my playlist names. I, I'll, I'll read them off to you because one of them is go ahead, be a sad sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then like my motivational playlist for working out is you could be a winner you loser or something 
<laughs> something like that. I gotta find it. I got a man. I got some weird stuff I listen to. At least it's not something like real corny, like songs to throw people to, or something no, cringy never, like that, where you never. get douche chills it, all over. It's called "Believe" in all caps. Believe you could be a winner, you effing loser. <laughs> That's a, that's my workout playlist. There's a wide range of stuff from rap songs to country to Disney music to our national anthem. <laughs> like Whitney Houston's national anthem? Oh, no, man. I wish. I got to find that one. Whitney Houston, I'll Always Love You was the first song I sang, my mom said. I just sang the ooze in the grocery store. <laughs> I love with you. I don't know, man. I think I'm kind of like my grandma kind of talked about how she can't believe none of us got into music because like her whole family, all they did was play music all damn day. And I think there's something wrong with me, my brother, my dad. We all were like, and even my sister, we were meant for music. Instead, I'm freaking trying to throw people. (sighs) How 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 is your dad? He's he's doing good, man. He's a uh, he's a uh, a cop up in Richmond, Burton. I don't know if you know Jake Deckow or Jordan Blanton. That's where they're from. Um, this sounds like is this like you know the Boondocks or something? I mean, compared to where I grew up, yeah, right. But it, it it's like it's a an hour an hour west. You know, you're almost in Wisconsin, and he loves it. It's actually the town they live in Woodstock which is next to Richmond. Woodstock is where they filmed uh, Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. Oh, the, wow, that's weird. Yeah, the house he wakes up in every day and he throws the alarm clock, you know, like, what is it playing? Sunny and Cher, I got right, you, Right, babe. right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that house is like this beautiful bed and breakfast. It's like a block away from my parents' house. But, yeah, he's doing good, man. And, like, uh, you know, we never talk about anything too deep, and that's all I really, like, want to know about because, he's, you know, he's seen some stuff. Right. Does he know that, does he know that, you know, like maybe, I mean, there's an outside chance that, you know, he, along with your brother, like helped you get credentialed for the world championships. (laughs) Oh, man. You know what? I forgot I've ever told him that, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, you have to address that now, man. You gotta, you gotta tell the people. Okay. So this is very simple. Um, in order for credentials to be dished out for a major event, in this case, obviously, the Paris World Championships, um, Joe, who represented the platform in Paris, needed a credential. I had to fill out the application form, and in concert with that application was a cover letter of sorts, basically coming from me since, uh, you know, it's, you know, five points mine and I have to authorize his presence at the event. And so you take it as a, an opportunity to point out the qualities, I guess, of your correspondence. So I, I go and I'm describing, I mean, I did the same thing for Nate Angle, you know, uh, you know, spent his life in the sports is, uh, you know, committed to advancing the cause and whatever, whatever, you know, platitudes. But with Rao, given his family's military history and the fact that, like, not that I thought it was nonsense, I had to write this letter, but at the same time, I'm like, come on. They're like, they know who he is. 
for crying out loud. I mean, even if you don't know, you know enough to know he's an athlete. I mean, at the least, yeah. that's what you know. So I was just like, ah, you know what, screw it. And so the uh, last line of the uh, of the letter is um, his father and his brother. <laughs> <laughs> helped bring the fight to end radical Islamic terrorism. <laughs> As part of my ra- operation, I reckon. I love that, man. I'm going to, like, you know, like wrestling clinics where you have the clinicians, like, U.S. Open champion, right, like, right, academic right. All-American. I'm going to just put one of them, <laughs> brother and father, helped end <laughs> radical terrorism. Helped bring the fight. That's the best part, is bring the fight. And, and sure enough, bring the next the day. Fight, the radical terrorism. Oh, my God. Next day, there was that credential. Yeah, right away. Yeah, faster than Engels was. Oh, my God. That's so great, man. Yeah, it was a highlight. That reminds me. You're saying that, like, at least you know he's an athlete. Because I went somewhere to coach. It might have actually been Schultz. And they're like, I said, I'm a coach. She's like, are you? Like, what are you? I'm like, what do you mean, what am I? She's like, and someone was like, are you wrestling or are you coaching? She's like, he doesn't look like either. I'm like, what do I look like? I'm like, what the hell do I look like? She told me I don't look like a wrestler or a coach. And I was just like, You may have man, seen me do stand-up. I might, I must look like a soft guy now that I lost all this weight, man. <laughs> Jakara Winchester called me skinny the other day. I'm like, dude, come on. I mean, that's... You do. Like, you know what? Is that now that you're down in weight, like, it's like those cheekbones come out. Yeah. It's like you look like... Like if you if you shaved, you'd have like a shot as at, at being like a fitness model or something like that. But do I look meek? Because I think I look, you know, like I don't look meek. That's like oh, she she's just talking crap. But it was just like <laughs> it was just funny to me, man. But kind of look like a normal person, I guess. Well, you're not a normal person. I think that's been established. Um, <laughs> um. Let's uh, address one topic in particular before we get to our guests, and mm-hmm. that is, and you, I believe, uh, became acquainted with this material, is uh, Peyton Walsh from the Marine Corps wrestling over the weekend at the Grand Prix Zagreb Open in Croatia, wrestling a very, uh, you know, a very tough guy in Kamenjasevic, and so let's set it up. Peyton Walsh is up by a point. It's the second period. Um four-and-a-half-minute mark comes or somewhere around there. Walsh gets banged for passive. He has to go down. Obviously, coming from the Naval Academy and switching over to Greco, he doesn't have, like, you know, the you know the mechanics all locked down despite how otherworldly talented he appears to be. Um, and so Walsh tries to stand up, you know, uh, just tries to stand up, uh, Croatia's trying to, you know, wrap around for a lift. Walsh is digging at his hands, digging at the fingers, peeling essentially, but he's standing up. None of that's called on the mat. Maybe it should have been, but it wasn't. So Walsh completes the stand up, just like you see in every folk style match in, you know, modern history. Um, bucking his hips out, uh, peeling and about to turn. He spins as he spins to face Croatia. Croatia flops, falls out of bounds. The referee on the mat awards Walsh a point. 
within a couple of seconds, that point is white paddled. Um, obviously, that's nonsense. I go and I send the clip to four, you know, four officials, uh, USA, UWW officials, all of whom uh, wish to remain anonymous. Uh, not that I can blame them, given the current color of the sport. And yeah, of course. Unanimously, they go ahead and tell me that uh, no, that that point should have stood, should not have been taken away. One of them uh, made a remark. Apparently, uh, this was actually uh, to be <laughs> to be fair, this was um, somewhat hearsay because I heard it from another official that another official said this, but basically said you know uh, the the chair should have been scolded for white paddling it. Yeah, Never of course. Nevertheless, you know, Walsh loses 1-1 on criteria. That point never stands, and here we are. Um, is this an instance of a U.S. guy getting hosed? I'm not sure. I do know that if you're not going to call trying to break the lock on the mat, you can't go ahead and necessarily, I don't know, like Lukitas. Lukitas was a little bit hesitant to challenge it because he was afraid that they would look at it upon review and say, like, oh, well, you know, they're going to try to, you know, caution him for trying to break the lock whatever it is i mean my policy is always throw the block because it's that you still get the time for the wrestler to answer you know and you can tell him no you know what i mean but if you don't throw the block you don't even get that opportunity you know the 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 wrestler can still throw it back right i mean i don't know if walsh is experienced enough to (laughs) to yeah yeah i know know, but but i mean like he could even but Lucius could even direct to that. I don't know. I say you get in that situation again, you throw it. I remember at Worlds, Linlin, and it ended up going my way. Linlin was like hesitant to throw the block. I'm like, throw the block! You know, he threw it. Right. He threw it. it was his first Worlds. And it ended up, you know, I ended up losing the match anyways, but I won the challenge. But I think always throw the block. And then you even get a second to like the coach could still be like, wait, no, throw it back, throw it back. You know, like, but if you don't throw it, then you don't get the opportunity. No, it's not like so. throwing the flag in football. Yeah. You know, where once you throw it, you're probably screwed. You yeah, yeah, review yeah. it, and if you know you're going to lose, and you're going to lose a timeout, it's a little bit. I mean, you you have that. You know, it's not a long grace period, but you got a minute before that decision yeah. is made. Um, yeah, but I don't blame Lukitas at all. You know. Yeah, yeah. Not it, at all. Especially since you know you're in Croatia, you don't know how that's going to go. You know, I hate to say that. It's nothing against mm-hmm. Croatia, but still, you don't know. He's wrestling a Croatian in Croatia. I, yeah. I mean, there's only so many, <laughs> there's only so I many mean, outcomes. I mean, pot in a meat out. kettle. This just pisses me off, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame <laughs> you. Freaking pot in a meat kettle, you know? I just, I just can't stand this stuff, you know? I just, no. you know, it, I don't a lot think, of people it, I don't think... think it's... Well, no, I was just going to say, a lot of people think the grass is greener wrestling in Europe, and it not always is. It's definitely greener over there, man. They got no chemicals in the ground, you know. Grass is always greener. But uh, I don't know if it, it was about him being a U.S. guy or not. Maybe a little bit of that. But I think watching it, half of it is these these refs don't know. they never seen a guy stand up. It's not a, you know what I mean? I don't think they were ready for it, and they were just like, "What the, what the heck?" But like, I mean, they should be ready for that step out. That was, it was obvious. It was obvious, man. And uh, I don't know if it was a little bit of like, did he just stand up? You know, like, like, yeah, what we, I know, you I know, know, like, so. But you know, refs, refs are pretty stubborn, man. They don't like to change calls, 
And I've actually been taught this when I was refing. When I used to ref, they taught me this is like sometimes even if you know it's a wrong call, don't don't go back on it because then people will know you're weak and they'll be trying to like influence your calls the rest of the tournament. So literally, like they teach you that if it's the wrong call, you know, if it didn't make or break the match, just keep it because then they'll just set you up to like you stood your ground with the wrong thing. You know what I mean? I think right. it takes a, a let's really not, good Let's rest. not endeavor to get the call right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, it was like, we don't want parents on us all the time. You know, if we keep changing our calls, and they're going to think you're, up. you know, yeah, exactly. You're easy to influence. So I don't know what it was, man. But, like, you got you to gotta believe that you're going to get screwed overseas. Um, but I don't like hearing guys whine about it. You know, it's just kind of like Jordan Burroughs came out with a thing a while back that like, yeah, I'm going to get screwed, man. I got to be a whole tech better than everybody. And I know that's like, that's Jordan Burroughs. You know, a lot of these matches are going to be one point matches and he should have won it. But I mean, like, I don't even know if he knew the situation, if he knew who he was wrestling or like, you know, he's pretty new to Greco, right? Yep. But I don't even, I don't know if he even knew. You know, which is a good thing. But, you know, it was such a close match, and it would have been a huge upset. So that's oh, what's been awesome. That's what's upsetting. You know, and uh, I love those, that Croatian tournament. I love it. I love the, all the guys who run it. They've always, like, I went there two years in a row because they treated me so good. Um, but, you know, you got to believe that, if you know, when, when you watch the Schultz, that there was some bias for our U.S. guys, you know. And it's just to be expected. But, I mean, if you just upright beat somebody. But, like, that was just a bad call. Just a bad call. I wonder how much of it was just, like, this guy stood up and, like, we don't want to, (laughs) like. Well, no. Yeah, but in the video, in the video, you can see the, you can see the table. He makes, he makes a gesture after he holds up the paddle. He makes a gesture with his, he locks his hands. And then looks at the oh, other table, yeah, like yeah, so. like as if to say, you know, well, I I'm, I interpret that as him saying, well, it shouldn't count. He was b- trying to break the lock. I mean, that's how yeah, I yeah. took it. But I mean, I don't know. It, it, it was look, Peyton Walsh didn't go to the Zagreb to win the tournament. He went to Croatia to get in that training camp. Yeah. Okay. It would have been great if he won. Uh, you know, if, it would have been great if he. I shouldn't say won. It would have been great if he had two matches. Yeah. You know, I'll say I'll say that probably, but you know, he also had a busy December too. I mean, he wrestled in Russia, he wrestled at the Havisto Cup. Um those Marines know, are going to work, man. No kidding, just everywhere it seems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they they're really sending guys over and you're going to see you know, it paying dividends and they already you already have seen that, but I think even more so in years to come, maybe this season even, you know. Um I mean, I wouldn't be surprised seeing, you know, one or a couple other guys making teams within the next couple of years, you know, with how much you're getting around. Well, I think that is an absolute perfect transition to bring in our first guest. Bring on John. Yeah, John, so how do you like Boise? Oh, it's a it's a pretty good experience. I mean, we've never been out here before. Um, nobody from the Marine team has, and uh didn't really know exactly what we were getting ourselves into. And it's been a, uh, a big learning curve, um, working with Yvonne 
and yeah. getting the other national team guys out here. Um, we're we're definitely pushing our limits, and I'd say everyone here is feeling the training. Uh, that, that's for sure. You know, yeah. uh, you can tell that everyone's been getting in. Um, you know, their their season shape with the open coming up here in a couple months. And yeah. everyone's kind of bringing something different to the table right now. But I can say that everybody here has definitely been feeling the training. Um, you know, it's a totally different experience working with Yvonne and what he can do with, with his products out here that he's been showing us and the type of curveballs that he throws at you, no matter how much work or no matter how the standard or the rest of the deal. You know, he's always had an answer for us, no matter what question we brought up. And yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's been it has it's been a uh, it's been a game changer. He's the man. That's what I, that was. You already answered my next question. How much you got to work with Yvonne? Yeah. And speaking of uh, everybody, you know, something Yvonne always said, and I don't know if he said some of his funny things to you, but it's uh, you know, it's the old thing. If if you're sore, you're out of shape. If you're not sore, you're not working hard enough. And it's just yeah, it's just exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, man. I don't think anybody here is not working hard enough. I think to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the other one right now. Um, you, t- you tell anybody they have cheese grip? Uh, that is the new national team saying right now around cheese here. Cheese grip. <laughs> ever, ever since Monday morning. Yvonne started us off bright and early Monday morning. He's been running the camp out here um, every practice. And uh, he's been definitely doing – he's been doing a good number on us with – getting us in, in a different kind of shape. And I mean, everything from the shoulders, every muscle you can think of, you know, every, every single person out here, it, you know, we're all, you can say that, you know, amazing athletes and each of each and every one of us can bring something different to the table. But as a community, it's common that everybody's talking about this muscle and that, and how this is sore and that, but you know, you're, you're 110% positive of that. It's not like they came out here out of shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's been training. It's just a different. It's a just a different beast to it. Yeah. And you know, Avon Avon has been able to to get each and every one of us to feel develop what a his system of torture. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and with a smile on his face, man. He's the man. He's he's truly the man. Well, like we talk about it all the time. I mean, last quad, most of the team members, even if it wasn't currently, at one time were touched. In some way, their career was, you know, had something to do with Yvonne. At one point, they were at Northern or they were in Boise or they were, like, so many guys on teams for, like, way after he even stopped, tra- you know, coaching senior-level guys. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You know, uh, he's just he's just the man, you know. So getting him more involved, and I think this is a good step in the right direction with, you know, trying to get Yvonne to get involved with, uh, you know, USA Greco Again, even if it's just, you know, an athlete-by-athlete athlete basis or we got to go fly out there and train with them or, you know, we've been talking about for years just going to get a camp in with, you know, me and Fisher and Jordan. Let's just go get a camp in out in Boise, you know, train with them because oh, I know definitely. you're feeling it now. Yeah, I'm feeling it now. And that, that's the, that's what we've been talking about. You know, uh, I got I got Ray out here. I've got Bunker with me and something we've talked about and I'm rooming with uh, Provisor and just talking about, you know, we've been out here training for today is our third day and we're feeling it. We were talking about how much of a quote unquote cheese grip we have or how weak our muscles feel 
and everything else. And, and it's just, it's amazing that in three days you feel like that. And we're like, you know, if we take some of his, some of his theories, especially the ones that really pertain to, to each and every individual person, because his theories are amazing. Like how, how you can use a bag, a Bulgarian bag, and then, you know, a Hertz system to, to, you know, perfect your arm throws, yeah. you know, and, and, and how the, just the theories behind what he has going on. It's not just, you know, a CrossFit workout or it's not a barbell to just get, you know, big and strong, but there's a science behind the madness in which he's bringing to the table. Absolutely. Well, if you can especially hone that in, I mean, if it's been three days out here for us and, and we're feeling it, it's just imagine, you know, how much of an improvement you can have if you do it on a, a weekly basis, yeah. fit it in and, and use it on a weekly basis. So it's definitely, I mean, yeah, during practice, you, you, you're not going to catch that many smiles in the middle of the <laughs> practice. And we're yeah. doing it. But, you know, I can guarantee that at the end of it, you know, everybody here is going to bring something to the table when they go back to their homes and back to their teams. That's, Absolutely. It's, it, it has to be. It's 110% hands down. I know we will. You guys so. got some suitcase bags back of the Marines, right? We've got the bags. We've got the cables. Um, I think we've, we've invested in a three or four of his of the uh, suitcase, uh, the the power rack ladders um, and the half dummies and stuff like that. We've got we've got a decent amount of his gear, but being able to have it firsthand, learn how to um, use it, and being able to actually learn how to use it firsthand with him there yeah. to correct you is you know something that's it's it definitely throws everything through the ringer yeah and uh yeah and makes you rethink about it because i've used the systems before um as a team we've used the systems and have believed in everything but to be able to see his methods firsthand and have him show you the way to hold or the way to throw or you know it's a, it's a small things in, in the mechanics and those are the things that make a difference in the yeah, match it's a level of intensity too exactly and you know the the speed is power techniques and everything he talks about, and that stuff really comes into effect. You know his his theories are just that they vary. You know in ways depending on the bag size or the movement or the exercise. You know whether it's low weight, high reps with a ton of speed, or you know that power movement. And yeah, you know the knowledge was just you know there's a, a little bit of ignorance there. Um, you know on just not having that knowledge. And what he's bringing to the table now is something that we're going to be taking back and using, um, you know, tenfold. Awesome. Uh, John, I wanted to ask, uh, Rao and I were going over this, and I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's recent history, so it's not like we're dragging anything, you know, through the mud. I mean, the grass isn't always greener. But um, Peyton Walsh's bout versus Croatia is what we were talking about. Uh, the escape that was awarded a point and then white paddled. Um, I don't know if you know this, but um, I reached out to several officials uh, from our country who came back to me uh, saying that that point should have stood. Um, you know, whatever. I mean, look at I. Like I mentioned to Joe, I I know that you know walsh and your teammates you know by and large you know, i mean may, sure they want to compete and win but the camp is also a big part of everything but even still you saw that match unfold uh what was your initial reaction when you saw the point white paddled um the, the, me and the type of guy that i am i was i was yelling at my computer watching it you know yelling trying to figure out why it was or to throw the block right away 
um, just, just because it it seemed so it, it seemed like a pretty erroneous call, and you know, I, I kind of knew the feeling that Peyton was the the feelings that Peyton had at the time. Um, you know, I could attest to them. I knew what he was kind of going through. Um, you know, I had my mind that I feel like it was stolen from me back in March, and well, Joe was there for that. Yeah, jumping yeah. up and, and uh, down. <laughs> jumping up and down. Yeah, he was jumping up and down. And, it, you know, it, it it's one of those things, that actually, you know, I reached out to Coach Lakitas right following that. And, uh, you know, he brought up some, he brought up some good points and, you know, talking about everything. And it was, it was actually, it was kind of the same thing. You know, there was a hindsight 2020 to it. Like, you know, I reached out to Peyton right after as well. And, you know, he was like, look, we could have, there was, there's tons of factors in there and that, and we're not there live. We're, we're not seeing the rest of the tournament unfold. We're not seeing the calls that are being made or anything else like that. And, you know, wrestling a country, you know, across the world and the guy you're wrestling is from that country. And there was other calls that we couldn't see on the TV that were being made um, during the match, you know, finger grabbing and, and, you know, these attentions and stuff like that. And, you know, it was one of those things where you kind of darn if you do darn if you don't. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those matches where you can you can really feel like it was robbed, but uh, you know I I can say for for Peyton for Walsh, you know I reached out to him and he was he was taking it kind of hard um, just because he was he thought that he wasn't in a good position and you know no, no matter what you know a position to win or scoring positions and uh, you know the guys come on the scene less than a year ago I mean what he's doing he's 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 never touched greco before and it's been since june oh he's clearly gifted it's been it's been eight months so i mean uh, a match like that is something that he can definitely take in the books and and look back on but at the end of the day you know you you can always go back the next time that he wrestled i don't see it being close uh, Uh, to that because his improvement is is faster than his improvement to go from you know, a folk style freestyle background wrestling for the Naval Academy. And then to come onto the scene here and how far he's gone is astronomical. The way that he catches onto it, it's, it's something that I've, I've personally never seen someone catch so fast. You caught it much quicker and he's catching the sport and the, the everything behind it much faster than what I have. Um, that's for sure. Um, I'm going to ask you both this. So this is something Coach Lindland, uh brought up in the last edition of the report, the Coach Lindland's report, and that is the idea that there might be, with the new rule change, opportunities to consider standing up. Is that something any of you guys, senior level athletes, have discussed? Coming, you know, given you know the American background, the fact that like there may be more windows to kind of you know, try to stand up. Uh, I mean, you used to see this a lot, a lot more often in the nineties, you know, guys used to stand up, guys used to hit by yeah. Steven. Um, that obviously went away more so towards the mid two thousands, at least from my recollection, I haven't seen it too much. I mean, the mid two thousands was reverse lift rule for crying out loud. So you saw a guy standing up just to reverse lift the guy who was trying to reverse lift them. But in this case, is that anything you both have considered the idea of standing up like Walsh did? I mean, I've tried it before. Yeah. Have you? In Croatia, I won the finals against the Bulgarian. Or oh what my was the gosh, Belarusian. that wasn't that long I ago. I tried to, I tried to stand up, 
and he jumped to one side and tried to gut me, and I kind of just like boom and just fell on him and pinned him. Like he he didn't know what to do, so he tried to like gut, but his feet were both on one side, so he tried to gut me, and I just jumped over and just like belly flopped onto him, and he just gave up and I pinned him. It was that kid that took the silver in fifteen, but it was off a failed Jake Fisher fast twitch trademark stand up because I was too slow twitch to do it, but I tried it. It ended up all right. You know, I, I think it's uh, it's going to be a little bit different because before when the guys were standing up, um, you know, they were starting with knees and hands and more of a, of a referee's position. Right. Um, and now being down all the way, I think the I think the opportunity of guys coming out front are going to be much greater, and that's what we've seen. Um, and so I think there there will be an opportunity to stand up. I think in the near coming, if you're talking about the near future. I think that's probably going to be seen by guys that feel more comfortable with standing up and doing a hip place and trying to reverse that while being gutted or lifted. But uh, I, I think that's going to probably be a technique that we're going to have to work on since we're now since we now have the rules and now we're now we're taking them back to our rooms and we're going to learn them. Um, you know, I, I think uh, it's going to be more geared towards guys that kind of already have that in their wheelhouse. Um, but it, I think the technique will is definitely going to be something that all the coaches around the states as a whole are going to be looking at as another opportunity um, to exploit because with the new rules, we, we just have to find new ways to actually score when in, in that position. But I think it'll be more geared towards the guys that already feel comfortable in that position in the next, I don't know, few months. Um, I think there was a few – we watched some film out here of the uh, – uh, Takti Cup that that just came through a couple weeks ago, and we saw a few more out there than what we had seen in the past couple tournaments with the new rules. Um, so there's definitely opportunities for it. I think it's something for us to take back and and actually look at and see, you know, when's the right time to do it? How are we going to teach them to do it? You know, what's the, the you know the proper techniques and stuff. So I, I think stuff that the older guys um, that were using the techniques before, I think they're going to become a lot more relevant. Um, but I, I think that's kind of yet to be seen with the new rules because it's a little different now with them starting completely down on the mat, you know, shoulders, yeah. head, body. Um, I still don't think we'll be seeing too many stand-ups. But if it does become something where a lot of people are doing it, I would really be working on the top guy position of bombing people if they try. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what I would be focusing Absolutely. on if I was a high school coach. Let them stand up and throw them on their head. You know, and uh, obviously it's not always that easy, but, you know, if you know a guy is going to do something or if you know, you know, if you scout out your wrestler and you know that he does stand-ups, and I mean, man, that's dangerous for him if you know how to, you know, capitalize. So I still don't think we'll be seeing too many, but maybe every now and then. Yeah, I think it's going to vary more on how how much the guys are going to come out front. We see more stand-ups of guys when someone comes out front for like a front head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, seldomly you'll see the guy with a, you know, astronomically strong back when someone does a high, high reverse and, mm-hmm. and he can sit through it. But yeah, I, I think starting down so low, it's so low to the mat. Now um, I, I don't see somebody actually trying to get out of it like that. I think there'll be too much, 
too many mechanics that'll be involved to actually get away from it without getting mm-hmm. scored on. Uh, so Saturday, Saturday, uh, the dual meet is, uh, yeah, this is a cool event. We need about 50,000 more of them a year in this country. Uh, that's for sure. I, I, I miss dual meets, you know, with these nation first nation dual meets, you know, that this is, I don't, I mean, I can't speak to for Rao, but I mean, this is how I came up. I mean, like these things used to be on ESPN and stuff like that once in a while. I mean, these were big deals. Um, and I, I love it. I think it's the best way to put the sport in the spotlight, especially for a U.S. audience. Uh, that being said, this is an avenue of competition for you. I know that the camp is part of this, but, uh, you know, you've had, what, three days of camp? You've started intermingling a little bit more with the Serbians, what, yesterday? Um, yeah. Do you know your guy? They got their first practice yesterday. Um, personally, no. I mean, I've, I wrestled him today and, uh, and, and yesterday and stuff. And we started, um, yesterday afternoon was our first mat practice, uh, with them, um, being present. Um, but I've, I've never met him before. I, I haven't been, I've never actually been matched up with him at a camp. Um, so this is my first time actually shaking hands with the guy. Well, the, what I want to ask, uh, Joe, you could jump in here, but, um, yeah. Outside of armed forces, this is your first, Greco dual meet, is it not? Like your first USA dual meet? Um, my first, uh, recently, yeah, I'd, I'd say um, the last time I had a dual meet like this where it was country versus country was uh, the Pinto Cup in January of 14. Oh, uh, yeah. Had, That's right. I had a few countries come back together. Um, but USA uh, but, versus I mean, the that world. That was January of 14, so it's been, yeah, USA versus the world pretty much. And, uh, but I mean, you look back on that, that's been four years. So I love the dual meat format. It's terrific. I love it. It's terrific. The American audience can understand it. Even if they, you know what I mean? Like they're not, it's, it's tough for the casual fan to follow a tournament from beginning to end and everything like that. A dual meet, they, they get it. They get it. They don't got to love Greco to, to understand what's going on. And plus, you know, the, the patriotism, USA, I mean, you know what I mean, dude? Yeah. I don't know. We just need – I wish there were a way to get these going more often here. You know what I mean? There's plenty Absolutely. of dual meet opportunities around the world throughout the season, but we need them here more than any other place on the planet. You know, I, I just – I don't know. I think there's just so much good about it. Um, and it's really awesome, I think, for a guy like Stevanowitz to be in the spotlight for – which which I think this is a special event. Like I think it's a special event. Um, I mean, has this caught up to you? I mean, I know you're like you know you're mired in a hard training camp, but is I mean that can't escape your attention, right? How cool this is, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean it 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 is pretty cool. But being out here, um, you know, when it's you know USA national team and everything else like that, being I guess that that spotlight kind of sets a precedence. But at the same time, I mean, I kind of use that as as another reason to kind of push a little harder to be honest now that the spotlight is there you know that's something else as we talked about before i i, I don't like the um you know the spotlight with a million people going off and talking about this and that i i like to be able to to focus and see and then having this here though it's a it's an opportunity for everybody to really now the, the weight of that's being put on my shoulders and i can carry it and actually kind of carry that torch to the next guy and it's it's definitely a good feeling um you know it's something that I wasn't expecting right away. 
um, when I when I heard that USA and Serbia was, uh, you know, that they they were competing, I I honestly it, it didn't even cross my mind at the very at the very first instant. Um, and then being out here, you know, the whole USA national team to be able to pull together, and you know, we're the whole team's 14, 15, 16 guys living in the same house, you know, during this camp, you know, it's you can't help but to depend and rely on one another and help each other out and get to know each other a little more and the training that you get to see and everything else and being able to work with these guys that are, you know, Olympian, multiple Olympian world team members, you know, guys like that. And it, it's pretty humbling to see that you're now that I'm now in that same field of watching these guys and growing up or, or seeing them, you know, before I was on the circuit and now being able to actually, you know, be in the same house, be on the same team, and wear those same colors, so it's a it's it's a really good feeling. I, one of those things that unless you're there, you can't quite explain it. Yeah, the camaraderie, and I what I like love about like what you're saying with the house, it's gonna pour over into the dual meet. And what I love about dual meets is you always see those guys surprise somebody because of the setting, because of it's a duel, and they're and they're and they feel the team, they feel their country, they're like want to fight for one another, and you always see it every year. I mean, Brian Graham beat somebody big at the last Pinto. Um, what was it? Uh, was he from China or Japan? Timmy, you might remember. Japan, but I think. Gu- yeah. Yeah, guys always step up in this situation, and that's what I love about dual meets too. Is like this camaraderie you're talking about that you guys are building, and I know a lot of the guys who were on the team built some camaraderie and you know, friendships and, um, you know, over the world team camp in Oregon and stuff like that. But you tend to want to fight for each other the more time you spend together and learn from each other and hang out. And, like, you always see those guys step up big who shouldn't win the match, but they do because it's a dual meet and they break somebody. And it's just a – it's great, man. And I think it's great for fans too. You know, it's USA versus Serbia. You know, like you said, you get lost in tournaments. If you're, you usually follow an individual or a team, your guys, you know, but this, someone could tune in and follow the whole dual meet because they want to see if USA is going to win. And, uh, you guys feel it and you guys are, are feeling the bonds and you're going to want to win for each other. So that's what I love about dual meets is like, who's that guy who's going to come and beat somebody that they shouldn't beat because of the setting? You know, they step up for their team. And yeah, that, I mean, that's what I love about it. And you get, you kind of have that atmosphere out here as well, that, that feeling that, you know, when the time comes, you're, it's, it's, you're going to have to, you know, go blow for blow if it comes down to it, as long as that means that the guys on your team get a win. Yeah. Yeah. Man, great stuff. John, we really totally appreciate you taking time out. And we know that you're in the middle of camp. We know you got the match on Saturday. And uh, you know what? I think we're getting close to probably you passing out for the night. Uh, so uh, I absolutely appreciate you coming on and talking to us, man. Yeah, thanks, John. You know, anytime. Yeah, you guys take care. Take care, Joe. You too. Say hi to everybody. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let them know. I'll talk to your storm guys over here soon. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Joe, you understand the Marine team. You understand Stevanowicz. You've seen him come up over the last few years. I mean, last year, last year was pretty impressive considering the fact that 
came back to the Marine Corps team, the All-Marine team, um, I think like a week or two before the Open in December. And he, he wrestled pretty well there. Uh, he had an awesome match with Dylan Cowan mm-hmm. at the Armed Forces Championships. One of my favorite matches of 2017 was Stefanowicz and Cowan at 75 kilos. They needed Stefanowicz to go down to 75 for that for the Armed Forces. I mean, that was just a great match. I mean, they were just, I mean, dude, if if it was like a fight with your fist, they were slugging at each other. I mean, it was yeah. awesome. And even their return bout in the finals of Schultz, I mean, Stefanowicz won by Tech, but that was a brawl, too. I mean. Colin is a Tech or B-Tech kind of guy. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what, he's one of my favorites to watch, too. Um, yeah. You know, people will say stuff like, uh, you know, they, like, you know, other athletes have told me either off the record or on, like, oh, you know, Cowan has, you know, has the arm throw. That's what he's got. Well, you know what? It's a pretty damn good arm throw. Yeah. <laughs> you know if you can I mean? hit Harry Lester and Andy Bezik in it, then it's a pretty good arm throw. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, <laughs> he's hit everybody in it. You yeah. Know, he's hit the best. It's just, uh, I mean, if I was him, I'd be figuring out. What am I doing in between the arm throws? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I get it. Yeah. I'm, but he does turn those over fast, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've known him for a long time since high school. Right. Right. He's got that. You got that history. Uh, mm. You also have a history with Stefano. So if you would, just talk talk to his progress and talk to him being in this kind of position now. I mean, he's a national team member. He wrestled. Excellently at the World Team Trials, came up with the upset of the, the tournament, beating Spieler. Spieler, yeah. I mean, he had his own arm throw on Spieler. It was a correct throw, but um, it was awesome. Uh, it was an exhilarating match. Just, I don't know. He And that match that he got screwed in Hungary against Datunashvili is something yeah. I'll never forget the rest of my life. So, yeah. You know. Uh, I was going nuts. <laughs> yeah, you were. I think we all were. I was screaming. I was that, that tournament in particular. I'll never forget it. It was Miller's Bronze versus, uh, what's his name? The guy you wrestled. Germany, right? Um, yeah. Rattinger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And he tossed he tossed that, that big minotaur of, uh, where where is he from? He was an Olympian. He like. One he won junior university worlds he he popped and then he came back and just right. ran through the last chance qualifiers and he he looks like a bull but he tossed that dude in uh, tore his quad or something <laughs> yeah right what was, who was Georgia that was he from I think Georgia? it was Georgia I was about that to guy say. was ridiculous yeah he looks like a monster too I mean, he looked like those, he looked like a monster those, uh, as a junior. Steroids, dude. Yeah, they, yeah they right. Tear tear ligaments very easily when you have a giant inflated quadricep. Like muscles you don't need. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you can't benefit from. Yeah, right. Nadarshvili, that's who it was. I just yeah. I just looked it up. I'm looking at yeah. the five point uh, recap of the last year's Grand Prix. That's right. Yeah, it was just he, and he stuck him, Miller. Like he stuck. Yeah, him. yeah, he did. Yeah, but talking about Miller and about John, these are both guys that are that are leaders on a on a program that we were talking about that has just been really, really putting in the work. You know, um, with their coach Lakitis and all the guys they're bringing. It's just it has a lot to do with what we were talking about with John with 
with being a team and the camaraderie and stepping up for your team. And, and, you know, they're not always the most talented wrestlers, but they're, they're doing everything they need to do to be the best. They're, you know, they're working their butts off and they're getting overseas as much as they can. And that's why as surprising as his come up has been, it shouldn't be surprising because uh, when you get to know John right away, you just know that, you know, the guy's work ethic is ridiculous and, uh, you know, he, he's just a good dude. And uh, it's someone you want to see win, you know, even if you were a competitor, you know, maybe, you know, maybe some people can't say that. But even if you're a competitor, you're like, dang it. You respect him. To, to respect and like that guy. And I don't think like enough people know how good Jordan Spieler is. I mean, because he's taken he's had Andy Bezik in his way. So, I mean, I think that guy's got medals in him himself. Oh, yeah, you know absolutely. That, I mean, even now, I mean, Joe, like, Joe, would you go as far as to say, I don't mean to jump on you, would you go as far as to say is if we were going to do this like boxing, right, mm-hmm. in our country, and you were going to come up with like, you know, the top three pound for pound, Jordan Spieler's on that list. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. The guy's just so good. He's so intuitive. He's got like, I talk about Jesse Thilke just being, so, so intuitive the flow is just so good like greco comes and like spieler's got a certain folk styley um greco blend to his style but it's just so fluid and um he's not you know, fighting he, himself with it no you know no. what i mean like he doesn't fight he doesn't fight it he's not trying to suppress it which i think you see from some other guys who are excellent folk style wrestlers who've come over you know yeah. it's like they they go too far the other way like you know, now yeah. it's I'm Mr. Greco guy. I can't I can't lean on the you know the skills I learned in the other style. You know, like Spieler mixes stuff really. You really got to well. use him. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a uh, you know when it comes to wrestling, his wrestling IQ is very high, and uh, he he just knows wrestling really well. We we got him in the Minnesota room recently, and it's not you know I've worked with Spieler a lot, but he's just got a feel, and you know, and he knows. He's got full control over his, uh, over his, uh, you know, workout, you know, routine and his plan and everything. And he, you know, he's, he's working the plan, man. He knows what he's doing. And, uh, when it comes to wrestling and, you know, he like came to Minnesota and he's like, I just want to go live. And like, you know, I've been, I've been drilling and like people want him to show him stuff because he knows. A lot about wrestling, man. And he he flies these foreigners out and gets all these people, and he goes overseas. We're talking about these Marines getting overseas. You know, Spieler's someone who's gotten overseas more than anybody, and he's been doing it for a long time, since he's pretty young. And um, just, wow, that's a huge upset. Like, bringing it back to John, I don't think – I think people don't realize how big of an upset it was. And um, it's all off of his work ethic and his pace, his intensity, and just – keep coming at people and breaking people and he's got a huge heart and he could be a Minnesota storm guy. Absolutely. He'd fit in perfectly. And they do. It's a Marina soda storm. Oh, that's right. I remember that. I remember (laughs) Marina soda storm. We, yeah, we mesh well. And I think our, our, um, ideals are in line with them. We work hard and we try to, you know, we take guys that aren't the biggest freaks and we turn them into freaks. We work hard we, you know, we, we get overseas, we got a lot of heart 
and we're going to find a way to win, and we love sticking up for each other. Minnesota guys got Minnesota guys' backs. And then when Minnesota guys get on the U.S. team, we got USA's back. You know, and that's just kind of who we are. And the Marines are in line. And to see John's come up has been very, very impressive. Um, and just to kind of get hands on him and wrestle with him when he's still when he's just busting on the scene to where he is now is just unbelievable. Um, but when you see the way the guy works and the kind of person he is, it shouldn't be as surprising. <laughs> it shouldn't be that surprising to me, but it still is because he's beating people he shouldn't beat, kind of like I was talking about. But he's he's uh, he's tricking everybody, you know. He's beating people he shouldn't beat, but he's gonna keep doing it and keep doing it. So then, really, he should beat them, and he will. And I just I just really uh, I think this is a guy that shows a lot of promise. Uh, somebody you get him on a world team. I, I really think that. You get into the deep rounds of the world championship, he's going to beat anybody, you know, but we got to get him there. How do we get John to, you know, the later rounds of the world championship? Because he's going to break every foreigner he gets, but we got to get him there. And, you know, getting him overseas and doing all these things and working with Yvonne seems like he's doing the right things always. So as surprised as I am, I'm not surprised. No, it also doesn't hurt that his coach is one of the best in the country. Absolutely. I mean, Lukitas is... I mean, he's, I don't know, I mean, it's no no disrespect to the athletes, but I, when mm-hmm. I think of the recent surge with the Marines over the last few years, I, I, it's, I, I it, the wrestlers who wrestle for Lukitas, whether it was, um, you know, whether it was when he was in college, or even you take somebody like Jamal Johnson, who's been with them for, you know. Taylor. Kaler, yeah. right. I mean, these guys are loyal to him, like, like you know, the way people are loyal to Yvonne. Like, you know, yeah. Yvonne don't like Yvonne doesn't have former wrestlers. You know, he has disciples. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he it's got the like, Ussolini's, <laughs> right? And like Lukitas has that. Like his guys would do anything for him. Yeah. You know, Ussolini's telling anybody he can about Yvonne. He's telling the guy at the laundry mat about how he's certified in suplexes. <laughs> <laughs> oh cool man <laughs> no i love joe yeah joe 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 goes He's to the laundromat the like like picking up his cavaricis you know, after, they, after they've been folded <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely has disciples man yeah, yeah totally totally i mean the way that they talk if you didn't know Lukitas, that would be all you needed to know was the way his guys talk about him. You know what I yeah. mean? All right, so why don't I've we? I've been a competitor, and I've always, I've always thought highly of him, and we've always had a respect in between us. I've always really liked him, and then when we're at camps, you know, he'll help me out if he sees something. He's a good dude, and he's a good coach. You know, it pours over. All right, what do you say we hit another guest? That would be the. Yeah. Elegant yet violent, Mr. Rayvon Perkins, yeah, Esquire. <laughs> let's let's do it, man. All right. Well, with us now is Rayvon Perkins. Rayvon is just like Stefanowitz. He's out in uh, Boise for the camp and everything else. But uh, you know, he's this. He have, Rayvon, I, I I don't mind even saying he's absolutely one of my favorite humans in the sport. Um, and he's also been involved in some very important five point stuff. I mean, uh, not just the, the, 
material concerning his career, but two of my favorite pieces of 2016 was Rayvon uh, helping preview the Worlds and the non-Olympic trials. I mean, those were awesome. The athlete's perspective, that's what we're, we do here. That's what we're serious about. And Rayvon's got just incredible passion and knowledge for the sport. Just it's always a pleasure having a chance to talk to him. And uh, I'm sure Joe, who knows him very well, would agree. Absolutely. It's always fun to talk to Rayvon. Um, hey, you know, how you doing? How's it going, Rilla? You know, catching up with a guy, you kind of feel like you grew up with some people or your your career has been in line with a lot of people. Me and Timmy were talking about how we both made the team in 14. We both made the team in 16 but didn't qualify our weight. Uh, you know, we both got injured after 16 or during 16 and uh, after 16, and now we're, uh, now we're fighting our way back. But uh, – you know, Rayvon, in a weird way, we kind of had a lot of similar things happen, you know. Uh, so I feel like, uh, I mean, we definitely have made teams at the same time. So it's pretty cool, man, and just getting to know you a little bit. Talk about, um, I talked a little bit about coming back from injury. Um, how is everything feeling with you? I know you've had a wide range of problems. Uh, you've been dealing with some back stuff for a really long time. Um, how's everything going? How's the body feeling? Everything's going good. You know, um, ever since, uh, I took that time, you know, away from trials since, uh, from this past trials, you know, everything has been going good. Um, I've been spending more time in the weight room and as y'all can see, you know, I'm, I just keep gaining weight, you know, from being in the weight room, but you know, I'm not, I'm not quite up to, to, going up another weight, but, you know, my body is, is, I'm letting it heal, you know, gaining the the weight in the right places and everything. Um, I've been on the map for, uh, well, we, we did the January, January camp a little different this year. So we was in the weight room for a while, but I've been, ever since then, I've been on the map for about three months, you know, and it's been going good. I haven't been having any problems and everything, you know, um, the doctor, the doctor, had first told me like I'll always have the spinal fracture you know unless it gets yeah. worse or something like that so we've been doing a good job with uh, the coaches they've been doing a good job um, just making sure I don't go overboard and everything and it's been going great you know I'm here at the camp um, up in Idaho and it's going great we got some tough wrestlers up here you know um I just I feel excellent right now. I'm, I wouldn't say that it's it, it's the best that I've been, and you know I, I still have like uh, a few little tweaks there, but you know it's it's nothing that I'm gonna complain about. It's something that I've been through before. It's something that I'm going I'm going to get through again. So it's it is what it is, really. You know I'm gonna just keep pushing forward. Yeah, is is there? Are there some tips you can tell some of the listeners on how to become more efficient with training? Because something I'm realizing now as I'm getting a little bit older is I, I can't train like I trained when I was in college. And you talk about all these little injuries and stuff, and, and some of them aren't going to go away. You know, we're, we're going to have them for life um, or, you know, a little bit of them. We're going to get them as good as we can get. Um, and to me, I think the really important thing is to become more efficient with training. 
Um, what are, what are some things that you do now differently than say an 18 year old Rayvon Perkins, you know? Oh, uh, right now, man, you, like you said, man, we're getting older, man. I'm 25 years old now, right now. And my body is just, is going to keep getting worse. But, you know, I just, I can't like keep, like you can't see those guys on the mat. You know, you see those guys doing throws all day long. You can't like, you can't do that. You got to be careful. You got to watch your body. You can't think about what they're doing or what anybody's doing. You just got to do your own thing. If you can't do that, that's all right. So do it, substitute something else for it. You know, it's plenty of, of different workouts and exercises that you can do. That's what I do. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a big difference of what they're doing and what you're going to do on the side. You know, um, some some days you're going to be able to do that. Some days you're not. Just you can't get down on yourself. Absolutely. I mean, that's been a big a big thing, a big focus of mine in this recovery is believing that it's going to get better, and believing that you're doing you know everything you need to do to win. And sometimes quantity, you know, isn't the answer. We need more. We need to do more and more and more and more. Sometimes we got we need just quality work. And uh, yeah. being savvy and smart with this stuff can extend our career by by years. You know, yeah. if we want medals, it's something I'm really trying to focus on and get smarter with because I, I've seen it in other guys to where I haven't really been able to switch off that recklessness and just rub some dirt on it until now. I mean, look, like we both had a bunch of injuries during 2016, and now they're still – we're just healing up from them. And – there's a uh, you know something to even say. What would you say to some of these younger guys that you know when they get hurt? What what's the correct protocol? Because I, I've been just hey I'm fine, you know my whole life, and then after a while, I think these things build up, and uh, and there's some stuff you just can't ignore anymore. So what would you tell a guy who gets injured and he's young and he he you know he's full of piss and vinegar and he wants to get back on the mat early? Well, I would like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a resident at the Olympic Training Center. So, you know, we, I would tell them that if, if this was a guy at the Olympic Training Center, you know, like I tell all these, all the uh, new guys that just came in, you know, they have to take advantage of the sports medicine, or you know, they got to listen to the doctors, listen to the coaches. They can't just go out there, you know, just thinking with their heart. They got to think with their head, you know, like we, like. We want to wrestle. We want to be out there. That's what we love to do. You know, that's what we've been doing all our life. But yeah. this is your body. This is your body at the same time. So without your body, you're not going to be able to wrestle. So you just, you gotta, you can't just go out there, throw your body out there because that's how people just keep getting injured. You know, I've, like, I've had too many injuries. Like, I've been through. Yeah just injury after injury after injury because I keep trying to throw myself in there when I'm not ready, you know, but now, you know, I listen to the doctors, listen to the coaches. And at the same time, um, it's not just the athlete that has to, um, that has to listen to his body. You know, the coaches have to listen to him. To the athlete. That's what's hard. That's what's hard, because you I mean yeah. you heard me get made fun of for it, and now look where I'm at. Yeah. Two surgeries yeah. in, could this have been prevented? Could have coaches oh, yeah. trust me more? And I don't. Definitely. I just think that 
there needs to be more like, hey, this isn't a 17 year old kid, which I was treated like. It's like he's telling me yeah. he's hurt. I got to like believe that he's tough and that he's not being a baby. And maybe we should think yeah. about this and train smarter, you know, and yeah. uh, it's not their fault. Their job is to push us. Yeah. But um, there yeah. needs to be that mutual trust there. And uh, it, yeah, it, it has to be that. And, you know, the wrestler like the wrestler and they, they have to communicate with each other. You know, you can't just like just be out there, you know, just out, out, just. Yeah. Just. Hold, holding like say my back like I can't just be out there like holding my back I have to tell the coach like this is hurting but I can't do this you know um, you can yell at me or whatever but I, I just can't do it you know at some point learning to advocate for see. yourself yeah yeah. At, at some point the coach is going to see he's going to know like okay this kid is serious you know they're, uh, once like especially you know if you're going to go see a doctor you're putting your time in down there at Sportsman, um, seeing those guys doing rehab every day, you know, the coach is going to start believing in you. You know, yeah. if you're just skipping out on rehab, not paying attention, of course the coach is not going to believe in you. He's not going to yeah. believe that you're really injured because you're not trying to, you're not even trying to help your body. So why would he try to? Yeah. So take ownership of your own career and your own body. Yeah. Communicate with your coaches. This is a lot of stuff I tell kids too. And, uh, yeah. You know, these are our bodies. We got to live with them, not not anybody else. And the coaches got all their own, you know, wounds from their careers, too. So they get it. But their job is to push you. So you got to speak up and advocate for yourself. But turn it, changing, uh, changing topics a little bit. You know, we both kind of had the same result in 2016. We won trials, um, you know, kind of a dream come true. And then we didn't qualify our weight and. You were pretty. I was. I was pretty dang close in Pan Ams, and you were pretty dang close um, out in. Uh, it was. It was in Turkey or Mongolia. Was the, Mongolia was the Mongolia. first one. Yeah, you took third. Yeah. But uh, but then yeah, you had to do the kind of the true bronze thing. Um, you know, for me, this was something that was super hard to get over, and some some nights are better than others. But I finally have uh, through a lot of work, it, it kind of put a positive spin. I, on it in my mind how do you feel about 2016 and obviously we both didn't make the team last year to kind of hey we broke up with this girlfriend we got a new girlfriend <laughs> you know yeah. so uh, how do you feel about 2016 man man i think you know i don't think we're going to get over it until like that that was that was like the worst feeling in my career you know making it yeah. that far and not wrestling and the Olympics, you know, like, like I tell people all the time, like I've never, like 2014, yes, I won trials, you know, but I, I still got in that trouble where I couldn't compete in the world championships. So to me, I still, I still haven't made a world or Olympic team, you know, and that, and it hurts me to know that I've won these trials, but I haven't been on that big stage. And, you know, I think like all that stuff is going to continue to hurt you know, every day, you know, but at yeah. the same time, you know, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, you know, knowing that once I get to that big stage, you know, one, once I get that medal, I believe all that stuff is going to be pushed behind me. You know, it's not going to matter anymore, you know, because, you know, I finally made it, you know, I know I could be on that stage, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to have to worry about that no more. 
you know, I could look up, then I could look up to 2020, you know, get get my medal there. You know, 2016, you know, it was, it was, it was like a wake up call. Yeah, you know, for me too. It was, it was good that, you know, we won the Olympic trials and everything. You know, I was so happy. You know, I was just like, after that match at the Olympic trials, you know, I was just happy, like, oh, I'm going to Rio and stuff like that. You know, not, it, it didn't get in my head that I still had to go qualify, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I got close, you know, and and I didn't make it, so that's what it is. But I I, I still look back on it, you know. I, I don't, I, I can't say, I can't, I wouldn't know anybody in my position that wouldn't look back on it. It's hard, you know, yeah. but once we get that medal, once we get that yeah. world medal and then that Olympic medal, which I know, I know we can do. Absolutely. You know, we, we wrestled. We wrestled the tough, the t- the toughest guys. We beat the toughest guys, or we've been right there with the toughest guys. You know, and it's not it's not hard. You know, it's one or two mistakes probably. Yeah. You know, but it, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and that's what uh, I mean. I was I was saying it a lot around 2016, but I was calling myself an Olympic faithful, not an Olympic hopeful. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's what I'm telling myself too, man. Is uh. Yeah. Have faith. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in your body that it's going to be, you know, it's going to get all right and you're going to get that medal. And I really believe in perseverance. Um, yeah. I really do. And uh, but 2016 knocked me down so hard. I was I almost quit wrestling. And I don't really yeah. call it quit after 20 years. That's retiring. But, um, you know, it was it was a tough pill to swallow. Some days it still is. But I try and uh, I try and get myself to be grateful for winning Olympic trials. Like, whatever you want to say, that's not an easy tournament to win. And when I was a little kid, I dreamed of winning that tournament in that setting with, you know, with what's on, you know, what's on the line. And, you know, in a big way, we did accomplish part of the goal. But part of the goal is never going to make somebody like me or you feel good. But to understand that there was other guys there that, would have just killed to do what we did, you know, or people watching. And that's how I try and make myself like kind of feel grateful for it. And yeah. And also I'm going to get it done in the future and, uh, kind of reframing the mind because it's easy to feel sorry for yourself or like, why me or or be pissed off. And I I mean, we both had a lot of stuff going on, man. And we have a lot of similarities. Like we had a lot of friends die on us in bad times. You know, not, you know, <laughs> a lot of friends died that year, had a lot of injuries going yeah. on, had a lot of, and like, I wanted to do it, man, in spite of all those, uh, you know, obstacles mentally and stuff. And I, you know, I'm not proud. I'm not proud of how I reacted to, to some of the stuff that isn't, it's not easy for anybody to, you know, handle something like that. And you of all people would know, but I wish I would have taken it better. And I'm not I'm not like listing those as excuses because they're not like I told someone the other day, like it's all on me. It was like my fault. But I just like I broke I broke a little bit. I broke a little bit because the stuff was going on. And like I talk a lot about it. And like those are all tests. Right. And some of those are really hard tests to take. You know, you have a friend die. That's hard, man. How do you wrap your head around that? How do you 
you know, you want to dedicate a performance to them or you want to do this, you want to do that, or you feel sad about it, you know, like, or a loved one, it's hard to, like, overcome things like that. But I think all these things in life, whether your life is really hard or not, you know, whatever kind of obstacles you have, it's all a test to, like, you know, whether or not you're going to get it done because bad stuff is always going to happen and you got to be the good, you know. I don't know if you got anything oh, yeah. to chime in on that because you got tons of experience with stuff like that. Um, yeah. Talk about that a little bit if you're comfortable. Um, yeah, man. Uh, well, I've had a lot of people die in my life. You know, uh, just coming up, you know, we got into got in a lot of trouble. We yeah. we, we started to trouble mostly, you know, um, not saying that death, you know, uh Death should have been the conclusion, but you know we 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 made our life that way. We made our life that hard, you know. And there's you know that's that's what we fell back on. But um, yeah, my my cousin, you know, he died in uh, October of 2013. You know, I dedicate most of my career to him, and actually, yeah, today is his birthday. You know, February seventh. You know, and well, uh, happy birthday out to him, like, man. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, like me and him, we used to be together every day. You know, that's the reason why. Like, I wasn't even wrestling. I didn't even wrestle in 2013 at all. You know, and after he died, he died October 2013, and after that, you know, I figured, you know, why won't I start back wrestling again? You know, just let them know that this, this, this is, this is not all we got, the street life, you know, we could, I could make something of myself. You know, I, Absolutely. Just, I dedicated all that. I dedicated everything to him, you know, cause that could have been me in his position. You know, I could be the one that, you know, he, he really didn't have the wrestling talent. So I decided, you know, it's, it's time to get back on the mat. Yeah. And, and mortality motivation you know, realizing that life is fragile and um, yeah. when you have loved ones die, you know, die on you and friends die on you and you know that it could have been you, whether or not you were asking for problems or not, like to a big extent, you're a product of your environment. And how much do you yeah. believe that? I mean, now you're in, you seem, you seem like you're prospering. You're in a different environment. You're in, you know, at the Olympic training center, in Colorado, and you got elite athletes around you, you know, constantly. And how has that changed yeah. you as a person? Man, it changed me a lot. You know, um, just just you know, knowing that could have been me just just changed me. You know, I feel like, like it's, it's it's kind of bad to say. You know, I I, I don't want to say it. You know, I felt like there's kind of a sacrifice. You know, like. We we did this we did all this stuff together and you know and he was the one to go you know and I it, it took him losing him to get my head on straight yeah and everything you know now it's it's kind of hard you know you know how I get you know it's hard for yeah. me to make friends now you know I didn't I didn't want to be friends with nobody after that you know and it's still hard for me to make friends but yeah. um you know. It's still hard. The pain, the pain is still there and everything. But you know, knowing I'm here doing the right thing, you know, it's uh, it's putting a smile on his face. Definitely, man. And 
to prove to people that they can become you, you know, yeah. coming from your situation. Like you don't even have to say anything, man. Like you're motivating tons of kids that are wrestling back in Omaha, you know. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any question that Ray Vaughn has become a role model. I mean, he's one of the top stars in the sport. He's visible, highly visible. He's, <clears throat> you know, he's all over the place. I mean, if you're into Greco in this country, you know who Ray Vaughn is. Uh, that means there's tons of youth wrestlers who are familiar with him. Probably watched a bunch of his matches, probably during the summer season when they're getting ready to Fargo. They're copying stuff he does. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's just how this goes, you know? I yeah. mean, I mean, Joe, you and I have talked about this. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, comfortably older than both of us, but, you know, when I was a kid, that's how it worked. You know, I'd read USA Wrestler, you know, yeah. and, and if I ever got my hands on a on a v VC, v geez, it sucks saying it, but like a VCR tape, you know, of like yeah, yeah. whatever, whether it was a Nationals or it was like foreign matches or whatever it was, those were the guys you wanted to be. Now, you know, both use collectively. I mean, that's what that's what you all are. That's what the senior athletes are. And I don't, I don't, especially the top senior athletes. Sometimes I wonder if you all even get it. Like, you're the ones who, you know, people like myself when I was nine look up to. You know what I mean? Like that. That means something. There's a value in that. And I have realized that, and uh, I think um, the most important thing is to be. Be yourself and be true and don't present, you know, some kind of illusion. And that's something in sports that I've always hated is I'd rather love somebody for who they truly are or hate somebody for who they truly are than love them for what they're not. And uh, that's something and I think everybody does know it. And to some people, it takes it the other direction. It puts pressure on them that they're watched, that they're that um, they're a role model and, and they you know, sometimes that pushes them the other way, you know, because they, they didn't ask for that. They asked to be the best at wrestling. But then some people really yeah. take it in stride and do great with it. I think one thing that's key to, like, this kind of thing is be yourself. And I, and I think that authenticity really just shines through. And uh, I am going to be a role. I mean, I, I really love taking that on. And I I work with a lot of kids in, in you know, in wrestling, and uh, I'm always going to be me, and uh, they're not going to get anything else. So I, I love that I'm a role model, but uh, that's the most important thing, I think, when being a role model is uh, give good advice uh, using the lessons you've learned, but uh, don't, uh, don't be fake. Be real. Oh, yeah. Best, the kids will see through it. Best thing to do. Okay, Joe. Uh, you know, you brought it up to Rayvon. You and he have, you know, a symbiotic relationship for sure. There's a lot of parallels between your career, his career, specifically over the last four years or so. Um, and just by listening to you guys talk, I mean, just sitting here, I can tell that there's an obvious you know, like an affection for each other. You both care about each other. You could tell that there's a bond between you two. And, you know, not to be melodramatic about it, the reason why I think that's special is because he's a major competitor and rival to one of your best friends on God's green earth. 
Yeah. And that's, it's not like, but there's a professionalism here that, that doesn't mean anything to either one of you. You know, that doesn't stop you from being able to have this connection, right? Yeah. And, and I, I've been somebody, um, that could be friends with, um, you know, the competition. I could be friends with, my best friend's competition. I, I I could befriend anyone, and I always think it's. Been I, think, an I think we all know this. I think it's been an advantage for me in a big way, um, because a lot of people are are puffing their chests out at each other, and uh, uh, you know I'm tougher. No, I'm tougher. Or don't talk to them. I'm like, hey man, it, you know someone's trying to me mug you because they think they're gonna have you later on in the year. Go up to them and say, hey, what's up, man? Nothing throws them off more than a smile. <laughs> You know, like, what the hell is this lunatic up to? You know, it's like traumatic it's not, brain injury, Joe. Yeah, but it's the, it's it's genuine, man. I, I, uh, I care about all these people, even people that I compete against, you know, like, and um, it's something that like, it's something I make a point to, you know, I don't pray all the time. And uh, my faith kind of fluctuates with what I am and what I'm not. But when I do pray, I pray for my teammates and I pay, I pray for, uh, you know, my, uh, enemies, you know, I pray for them and, uh, I want them to have the best performance they can. And I want to beat them in that best performance, <laughs> but I well, want them to be free from injury. Yeah, but I want that's, them to... that's part of this. I don't, I'm not jumping yeah. on you, but like, no, no, I know is that you're like an extremely vicious competitor and, if anything, I, and this is absolutely not a slight to any of the other terrific athletes, you know, whom I have the pre- privilege and pleasure of covering, but you might be like absolutely the most vicious competitor ever, everybody. I mean, that's what you are, it's like an intense, intense competitor. It's just that when you're not in that mode, you know, you're Mr. Frickin' Friendly Face. Like, like less creepy Ronald McDonald or something. <laughs> and I'm trying, I'm trying to be, uh, not less friendly, but I guess a little, uh, I'm be, you know, Hall was getting on you about being a recluse where I'm becoming more <laughs> of a recluse intentionally because of time management, you know, like, you know how much freaking time I waste, you know, just talking to people. <laughs> you know wow you know like define well, like waste center. no it's not waste it's never waste it's never waste i love every second of it i love every second and i remember all the stuff too i i got some weird you know i'm like an auditory learner like when people say things to me i usually remember it you know at least the important things or like cool things that i can draw from them later and but like i love it and i love all these guys and i feel like um you know, I'm going to kill him with kindness. You know, he doesn't matter if they're competing against me or not, or they don't like me at first or not. Like, I'm going to just kill people with kindness. And, and sometimes, um, you know, at this level, you know, the, the tougher you get, the less, the less you need to act it, you know, you don't need to act tough. And some guys still haven't learned that yet. And I think that's like another level of, of not only just being a professional, but just, of like getting get over yourself dude like, like you know get over yourself you become a better wrestler for it i really i really do believe that and um it's just me man it's only me beating myself you know so it, everybody else doesn't matter it's not going to stop me from being friends with them and it, and all those friendships it's only helped me
you know, with networking and with, you know, you know, you want to stay somewhere, you know, can I come train with you guys? Yeah, man, come on over. Or uh, do you got this guy's number? Yeah, I got it. You know, it's always helps out. Um, and a lot of people, I, I especially befriend people that, that don't mix well, you know, right away. And I had a couple people kind of like help me become friends with more people in the Greco community. And I know with like a lot of the number ones, you know, we're, we're pretty down to earth group, but it still could be kind of a barrier for some kind of incomer, you know, but there was a couple of years where I'd come to the OTC and I wouldn't talk to anybody because you know, <laughs> nobody was talking to me, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to picture. Yeah. You know, uh, well, I was lifting with RC Johnson, RC Johnson and Ike and Brandon Rupp. And there was some people talking to me and helping me out. RC, I was telling someone today the first time, and one of the only times I puked in a workout was RC had me pushing a sled on uh, my first Friday in altitude. <laughs> we'd go lift at 5 a.m. and then we'd go to Greco practice and then I'd go to freestyle practice and then I'd go to Greco practice. But he had me puke on the sled. But see, I can't do that anymore. I try to and I can do it for a day, man. But I used to be able to do that every day, kind of like what me and Rayvon were talking about. But, I, you know, I love everybody the newcomers and, and the old guys on this whole Greco circuit. And uh, I think friendship is one of the biggest things that I cherish on this level, and it's not something I'm going to regret. I know that. I think that's beautifully said. Um, okay, before I wrap up, uh, let's go over the lineup really fast for Saturday's dual meet, which uh, takes place at – 3 p.m. so far as I understand it in Boise that is going to be USA versus Team Serbia that will take place exactly it's at a high school isn't it it is at a high school most likely it's at a high school (laughs) it's at a high school it is at um Bishop Kelly High School in Boise tickets as of now are still available ten dollars for adults $5 $5 for students, whatever students means, I'm not sure. Um, and there's been some changes. There's been some changes. Uh, obviously, we have this lineup ends now at your weight class, essentially, Joe. This lineup ends at 87 kilos. and begin- really? So no Zilmer? No, no. Zilmer was supposed to take on uh, Mikel uh, Kaje uh, from Serbia, and uh, yeah, that's that's been that's been scratched. Uh, apparently, the Serb he, he saw he yeah he saw Zilmer working out, and he was like, "Screw that." <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Plus, he wrestled in Zagreb over the weekend. I heard he got tweaked, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, sure. Right. I mean, he saw a, a Zilmer crumpling the Korean like wet cardboard. He figured maybe <laughs> just stay out of this. Let's let, yeah. them, let's let them figure it out. Okay, so um, Max Nowry was supposed to compete uh, opposite Tomas Nod at 60 kilos. That is no longer going to happen. Nowry has been switched out for the incomparable Ryan Mango. Awesome. Yeah, it is cool. 
It is cool. At 62, these weight classes are strange. It's almost like, you know, they were Madison system at a summer tournament. Um, yeah. Maybe this may be the, the matchup of the night, if anything. Um, and that is, uh, you know, USA. Ildar Hafiz off and Christian Fries. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, that to me is the that to me is the marquee one. Even though a weight class later is another to die for one, and that is Alex Sancho versus Olympic champ Davor Stefanik. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. That, Sancho's I mean, dangerous, man. Sancho's be, dangerous. Be and, a good one. And and Sancho's gonna open up on him, and I don't I don't know if Serbia's gonna expect that. Um, you know, the last time somebody opened up on him, he got uh, you know, didn't turn out so fantastic. That was the finals of the European Championships when uh, Surkov uh, just kind of I mean he had an amazing year last year, Surkov, and he he uh, rolled Stefanik right out of there. But um, still, Stefanik, I mean Olympic champ, he's still one of the best guys in the world. That's a yeah. Awesome matchup. Uh, your boy, Minnesota's boy, uh, Pat Smith. Smith's got Alexander Maximovich, who's obviously another one of Serbia's, you know, top tier athletes. He's been around. He's another tough, tough competitor. We have a world champ at 80 kilograms. Actually, two world champions, right? Senior versus junior. Yeah. Right, so that is yep. Kamal. Kamal won it at seventy-four, right? Kamal won it at seventy-four for the juniors, and Victor Nemes won it at seventy-five for the seniors. So, man, that'll be a good one, right? And you I, know, what's I wrestled funny? that dude once. Right, you did. I wrestled did. him in Croatia, same Croatia. tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Fifteen or? That was fifteen. Yeah. 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 Well, you was know, it fun- 14? Yeah, it was 14, I guess. Let me, 14 or 15, uh, I don't know. I'm going to look at my notes. Uh, um, but you know what's more funny is that we got Bay versus Nemes, Smith versus Maximovich, we got Sancho versus Stefanik, and still, like, I keep coming back to Hafiz Yeah, I can't help it. And then at 81, weird weight class, but, I mean, we all get the picture. That is going to be... Guest number one from episode 13, that's John Stefanowicz versus Zarko <laughs> Dykoff. Uh, ben Provisor is going. He's going to have Nikolai Bodrev and uh, another one of your teammates. Barrett Stangle is going to have Vladimir Stangich. So Stangich for Stanghill. Yeah, right. That that's uh, they, they got that. They got uh, similar sounding names. Isn't that fun? You know, but the Stang. The staying going on. Yeah, yeah. Barrett it, is becoming, you know, just Hayden's been wearing off on him. He just looks like a machine, and he's really coming into his own. He's dangerous, man. So, Yeah, well, I mean, just trace, trace it back. It was like, this is absolutely not a diss at all to Northern or anything like that. Opposite, of course. I mean, I mean that's what gave Barrett his foundation. Yeah. But if something switched when he left Marquette and joined Storm, it was like he f- literally flipped a switch. I mean, he was tough before that, you know, but he was more of a fighter. Um, I mean, we saw it with Brian Graham too. I mean, Brian Graham was just a guy at the OTC who, 
who wasn't even getting looked at, and he came out to Minnesota and he made two national teams. Right. Um, I think our program has proven that we do that time and time again. And uh, he he has just such a good base from out there to where he might even be more technically superior to some of the guys on our team. You know, he's got a lot of great skills in some positions, but just training out there with these guys and how they live their lives on and off the mat, I think has really rubbed off on them. And agreed with them. Moving on agreed with them. And that doesn't necessarily happen to everybody who graduates from Northern. And if anything, that is the compliment to Northern. Sometimes guys leave there and they're not the same. I mean, obviously that was certainly the case a decade ago or in change when Yvonne was there. And sometimes guys were leaving and, you know, not everybody blossomed the way Besick did. But Barrett, you know, he, well, I think he graduated 16. So, um, I mean, he was a tough guy before, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, he had those matches with Chavez and Junior World Trials and this, that, that, this. But as a senior, just the, maybe the, you're like you said, it, maybe it's a lifestyle thing. I don't know what it is. It just, it's the storm room, the storm coaches, you know. I mean, Chandler. Semblance of independence. I don't, yeah, oh, Chandler, fine. It's just, it's all clicked for him. It seems all like he, it, yeah. he, like he understands something now. Like, you know, maybe something, Makes sense, maybe a little bit more, yeah, than it did before. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to speculate. I could, I, I can go on and on about it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I got a good idea about a lot of the reasons. You know, I mean, Chandler is one of the best in the world. You know, in my opinion, at getting people to make make jumps. You know, to he did it with me. He did it with with Graham. He's done it with you know, tons and tons of other Olympians and national champs in the past. You know, the guy's been doing it for, what, 30 or 40 years now. Um, But then the environment, we're not, and that's not even uh, saying anything about Northern's environment. It's just we're not college kids. Some of the guys on our team has have kids and, and are married, you know, so we're not messing around, man. We're, like, getting in. We're not trying to get bad workouts in. We're not wasting time. We don't have to be here. We understand that, and we're in it for the right reasons, and we're going to do everything we can to win because for a lot of these guys, you know, we're we're on our own. We're you, it's it's. I mean, for everyone around the country, you win, it betters your living situation. But we're just there's a lot of a lot of ideals that come to being with the storm. But we we just work hard, man, and we're a great team, and uh, I think that. There wasn't a better place for him to go, you know, for where he was at. It it, it just really did he fit perfectly. And he was just a guy with ears open and willing to put in the work and listen, you know. Well, yeah, I, it's, it, I mean, outside of, I mean, I should say outside, you got to count everything. I mean, World Team Trials was like the best and the worst. I mean, he he lost to the same guy twice and yeah. you know, it was obviously CJ Courtney Myers, um, another one of the hardest dudes in the country. And yeah, but that, that bronze medal bout was, it was questionable a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he was pissed. 
Yeah, he was mad. It was funny. I told him to make him feel better. I don't know if it worked. I told him that <laughs> I the same exact thing happened to me in 2013. Well, I beat I beat CJ Myers in the first round, and I lost to him to make national team. <laughs> and then, uh, um, and uh, who else was it? Was it Cheney? I've lost to all the same people he's lost to, basically, in the kind of the same moments. And I told him, "You took fourth, all right." Well, in 2013, I took fourth. In 2015, I made the world team. And or no, no, in 2013, I took. Fourth, 2014, you made the world team. Two in world 2015, teams. I took fourth. In 2016, I made the Olympic team. So I was like, hey, man, you might just be on my path. So maybe you'll make the team this year. You know? Well, right. Uh, then again, you, you would have a say in this potentially competitively. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. Well, I think we got. It. I think we'll we'll work it out with in the storm, you know. Yeah, I think you guys are. Yeah, you guys get it. You get the program. Yeah. The wavelength. You get the wavelength. Yeah. Nobody uses that anymore. I was saying that around the house, like. I use wavelength a lot. Yeah. No, we're on the same wavelength. It's like yeah. they're saying same page. Like. I like wavelength better. Yeah. I do too, because it vibes it better. It's like yeah. vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, look. Sorry to derail the lineup. No, no. Stang Hill and uh, whatever. Uh, What you call it? uh... Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna cut that part. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Five, four, three, and we're back now. All right. Well, Joe, do you have anything to add before we put a bow on this one? Uh, no, man. It's always fun. I love uh, chatting with you, and it was great to catch up with John and see how he's doing and Rayvon. And a lot of times, you know, we were kind of talking about how our careers were kind of in line, but the nice thing about doing these sort of things is sometimes you get to ask people things that you've always been, that we've both always been wanting to talk about, you know. <laughs> so it was good, man. Uh, uh Thought it was some great talks. And that was Joe Rao, who was kind enough to step in for world champ Dennis Hall this week as the guest host. You can follow Joe on Instagram and Twitter. His tag is Rousler, R-A-U-S-T-L-E-R. That's where Instagram, Twitter is Rousler84. And as always, please follow Five Point Move. That is the number 5PT Move on Twitter as well. And of course, for all of the Greco news information, most importantly, athlete perspectives, we'd always appreciate for you to hop over to fivepointmove.com. That's going to be it for episode 13. Thanks and take care, everybody. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.